Hello and welcome to this In The Zone podcast on porn recovery. I am Naima Mondrao, Senior Editor of Buy Analysis Zone and I'm delighted to be joined by Mary LeVay, who is a Principal Application Chemist at Waters Corporation. Today, Mary will discuss the key challenges scientists face developing robust peptide bioanalytical assays and introduces Waters' approach for large molecule bioanalytical quantification method development, including pre-analytical sample preparation, as well as offer tips and tricks to help avoid the most common pitfalls working with peptides to help improve peptide assay performance and to streamline assay development and enable highly sensitive and robust quantification of biomolecule from complex biomatrices. So Mary, could you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thanks, Nima. And hi there, and thank you to all for um, joining us today. Um, as Nima stated, my name is Mary LeMay, and I'm a Principal Applications Chemist here at Waters in the Scientific Operations Group um, in, based in Milford, Massachusetts in the United States. In this role, I assist in the research, development, and commercialization of Waters instrumentation and consumables, highlighting system solutions for the bioanalytical market. I began my bioanalytical career in 1997 with a global pharmaceutical company, Pfizer, where I supported R&D efforts in the drug metabolism group, performing various in vivo and in vitro DMPK and biomarker studies, developing bioanalytical assays in support of drug discovery across many disease areas, including antibacterials, oncology, CNS, and cardiovascular and medical diseases. I joined Waters in 2011 with the primary role to support discovery bioanalysis, developing methods for drug molecules, both large and small, and providing customer support and in-house training on these topics. I am currently responsible for end-to-end bioanalytical assay method development, which includes mass spectrometry, liquid chromatography, sample preparation, and automated workflows. Great, thank you, Mary. And to begin with, could you give us a brief introduction to peptide bioanalysis, the what, why, and how? Over the past decade, there's been a significant shift towards a greater percentage of biologics in the pharmaceutical pipelines due to their improved efficacy and reduced side effects. And with this shift in large molecule therapeutics, the industry finds itself in the middle of this patent expiry for many of the critical biologics that are currently out on the market. For example, therapeutic peptide drugs like Bayetta, Fortio, and many of the insulin analogs that many of you have probably heard of, like Lantus or Levomere. And for these protein-based drug therapeutics, we're talking about things like monoclonal antibodies or the IgG-based proteins like trastuzumab, um, marketed as Herceptin, and infliximab, as marketed as Remicade. And this shift in this large molecule biotherapy realm has resulted in an increased focus of their quantification in bioanalytical labs which you know, traditionally have been small molecule. And so with the increased size and modality of, of these biologics, the complexity has really increased. And compared to small molecule therapies, the method development can be quite daunting um, in terms of the task for traditionally highly skilled small molecule scientists, and even for the novice. So this really presents a challenge to our bioanalytical labs. Um, And so really this becomes a key focus when we want to develop successful strategies for accurate and robust quantification. And what are some of the biggest challenges in peptide sample preparation for LCMS bioanalysis? 
So that's a great question. As we've seen the number of the therapeutic biological modalities increase over this past decade, and as I said, the need for these analyses to support those drug discovery and development efforts, um, specifically with the ADME DMPK studies um, dramatically increasing too, it's brought new challenges to these small molecule bioanalytical laboratories. And specifically, I'm referring to things like achieving highly sensitive, selective, and robust methods, which ideally still need to meet the same criteria for small molecules um, when we develop these. But successfully quantifying proteins and peptides when we talk about LCMS often has more challenging um, criteria because compared to small molecule therapeutics, the size and complexity of these peptides and proteins often impedes our sensitivity and the ability to achieve robustness with these methods. And it often requires more expertise and perhaps maybe more method development time than we're traditionally used to using small molecule bioanalysis techniques. And so when we talk about the size and the structure, we're talking about things on the mass spec end where we have to deal with charge state distribution, complex MS fragmentation of the biomolecules, dilution of signal, which really challenges us on the sensitivity aspect. And thus, it often necessitates greater LC and sample preparation method development. So maybe screening alternate column chemistries, optimizing our LC conditions to gain that sensitivity and selectivity but often requiring greater sample concentration, improved extraction techniques beyond basic protein precipitation as a means of re increasing overall method sensitivity and selectivity. And specifically, in my experience, developing these end-to-end -end assays, the challenges really start from the pre-analytical handling and carrying that through the sample extraction, the chromatographic, and MS method development. And specifically, the typical challenge we often encounter are issues with maintaining solubility of the peptide throughout the sample preparation and analysis, being able to effectively disrupt protein binding of the biomolecule from the biomatrices we're trying to extract it from, nonspecific binding or adsorption of these molecules to the surfaces that they may come in contact with, which, which most often almost always results in loss of analyte and high variability of assay performance. And because these biomolecules are endogenous and or therapeutic, they're derived from the same finite 20 amino acids. And so we often encounter more matrix interferences and issues with specificity of the assay. But lastly, the low analyte recovery, whether it's from the sample extraction or from the LC uh, chromatographic side, is the most common symptom of failure for us when we talk about disrupting protein binding, nonspecific binding, or ensuring peptide sol solubility throughout sample preparation and extraction. And so when we wrap this all together, the failure to successfully deal with or overcome these challenges often leads to less than ideal analytical performance of our assays. And here specifically I'm referring to things like, again, sensitivity, um, having higher LODs than desired or required, not achieving accurate or sufficient specificity, lack of robustness in terms of having higher variability or CVs or RSDs of these assays, all things which mean failure to properly validate a method. So as you can see, it's quite a bit of a challenge when we have to deal with these common symptoms or problems with peptides and proteins. Great. And why should you be concerned about protein binding when you're trying to analyze a peptide? 
Well, as I, I started to mention, you know, protein binding is one of the key challenges. And so for us, and, and, and we've encountered this several times in, in a lot of the methods we develop here, well, when we think specifically about sample preparation and failure to effectively disrupt protein binding um, from the peptide of interest, from the biomatrices, uh, specifically we can think about things like solid phase extraction. If we don't effectively disrupt the binding, we are effectively having the peptide pass right through the sorbent with the biomatrices that we're trying to purify it from. So thus it's unretained during the initial loading step of the sample due to our size exclusion mechanism. So essentially we have very low recovery from the get-go. And so for these reasons in our lab, we often spend a lot of time assessing various effective pretreatment strategies, um, such as suggesting different um, dilutions with phosphoric acid or an ammonium hydroxide solution as a starting point to effectively disrupt protein binding. Or if we have a problematic or a larger hydrophobic peptide, it could even be more aggressive, um, meaning it could be an organic pretreatment step with a one-to-one -one methanol or acetonitrile. Um, solution, or even further still, denaturation with things like guanidine or urea or sodium dodecosulfate as an effective means of disrupting protein binding prior to our extraction. And if we do this successfully, we are inherently improving our recovery of our analyte through the extraction, thus driving our sensitivity for our assay. And you mentioned non-specific binding. What is non-specific binding and how does it impact quantitative performance? Well, great, because it, it's really one of the key challenges that we face. So really understanding what non-specific binding is and what we refer to it as. It's really the propensity of the peptide or the protein that we're working with to stick to or tend to bind or absorb to the surfaces that it comes in contact with, such as glass, collection vessels, pipette tips, our LC fluidic path and, and other things. Anything you can imagine that your analyte, your biomolecule will come in contact with from the very beginning, from pre-analytical all the way through to analysis. And thus, when we incur nonspecific binding or this NSB uh, phenomenon, we often end up with issues with this. And also, when we talk about nonspecific binding, um, the predictability of this is often quite challenging because the lower the concentration of the analyte or the loss, um, the greater the loss can be as a result of binding to the surface. So the challenge here is ultimately, even though we know it happens routinely, we, it's very hard to predict the nonspecific binding because it is influenced by the peptide size, the structure of it, the organic composition that you may be working with, or the diluent. Um, as well as the concentration. So the lower the concentration, the more pronounced the loss may be. So naturally, if the analyte is subject to nonspecific binding, we often find that our overall assays suffer. So while we talk about these key challenges that I mentioned above, the symptoms we often see as a result of things like nonspecific binding are poor sensitivity, those higher limits of detection due to that loss. We can suffer chromatographic issues like poor peak shape, or no peaks at all due to nonspecific binding. When we talk about dynamic performance of our assays, it could be nonlinearity of the calibration cur curve, particularly at the low end. Um, and as a result, we often find that we have very irreproducible or less than ideal performance with higher um, RSDs associated with um, dealing with these um, nonspecific binding losses. 
Great, and what strategies can you take to reduce the non-specific binding? So, well, first we want to consider solubility, ensuring that that peptide or protein from the very start, from the powder, is initially soluble um, from the time we dissolve it through the sample extraction, the LC mass analysis, minimizing or lessening the severity of that nonspecific binding. And so for this reason, we often recommend limiting organic concentrations to no more than 75% organic as we know that peptides often precipitate in all organic and things become our friends like use of organic modifiers, acids, bases, sometimes upwards to 1 to 10%, really helping to promote and maintain solubility. And this becomes especially important when we talk about um, the strategy for sample preparation. Here we're talking specifically about solid phase extraction. So beyond solubility, just as important is the choice of a collection vessel or what we use um, to hold our sample, whether we're working with neat standard solutions of the peptides or proteins or low concentrations of extracted samples. That choice of what we put our sample in after we've processed it um, becomes critically important because it can contribute to the loss of the peptide via that nonspecific binding mechanism. So, we're talking about highly purified samples devoid of protein. Um, it, we've really taken great care throughout this process um, to really minimize this. So part of our strategy here is to use low binding consumables um, to deal with or mitigate the nonspecific binding and manage it with the use of quant recovery vials and plates. And these plates and vials were specifically designed for LCMS analysis to help reduce sample losses of these biomolecules due to those ionic interactions and nonspecific binding with the sample container. And because they're provided in auto sampler ready formats, they have a very low residual volume which helps us to maximize getting the most of our sample out of the plate once it's been processed. And using the low bind consumable really helps us ensure that we minimize loss from the auto sampler, helping us ensure high recovery, repeatability, and definitely increasing confidence in our assays. And how do you isolate or clean up concentrated peptide from blood or plasma? Sure, so while we know the most widely accepted bioanalytical extraction techniques when we refer to things like small molecule bioanalysis are most often protein precipitation with organic solvents or liquid-liquid extraction, we often find that, again, due to the size and nature of peptides and proteins, these techniques are often not sufficient enough or um, suitable enough for sample cleanup when we talk about achieving high recovery and reproducibility of peptides and proteins. And so naturally, once you start to gain more of an understanding of working with peptides and proteins, it becomes apparent that this is often due to the issues we've already been discussing over the past few moments things like poor recovery due to protein precipitation where the peptide itself, along with the proteins from the biomatrices, are precipitating. Um, we have the poor solubility to deal with, so if we're not properly solubilizing in the beginning or eluding in solid phase extraction, or just dealing with the lack of specificity. So the natural choice really then becomes use of solid phase extraction using reverse phase and mixed mode technique that really offers additional benefits over the traditional protein precipitation or liquid-liquid extraction techniques. Thus, solid phase extraction using reverse phase or mixed mode technique offers additional benefits 
over protein precipitation or liquid-liquid extraction. It allows one to effectively and selectively purify that peptide of interest from the biomatrices with high recovery, offering greater than 75% with very high selectivity. Additionally, when one uses mixed mode extraction, such as a cation or anion exchange sorbent, we now are adding greater selectivity beyond the reverse phase mode alone of solid phase extraction. So what it's really doing for us is giving us orthogonality to the overall assay if we consider that we are now effectively extracting in the mixed mode ionic or cation exchange, but actually doing the analysis in reverse phase LC, we now have that additional selectivity gained through the use of the combined solid phase extraction as well as the liquid chromatography. So we're really additionally using and leveraging both the use of solid phase extraction with mixed mode, but also the format becomes really important to us with solid phase extraction. As we mentioned, or I mentioned, that part of the challenge here is achieving high analytical sensitivity. And here in solid phase extraction in the microelution format, it really allows us to concentrate the sample directly, eluding with the extraction solvent in as little as 25 microliters without the need of evaporating or reconstituting a sample which really helps us to minimize analyte loss due to absorption or evaporation of a dry down step that may occur and again contribute to poor solubility when we think about what we would need to reconstitute that sample in. So really solid phase extraction is an effective tool for a multitude of reasons as I mentioned, whether it's for high ex extraction recovery, additional specificity, the ability to concentrate a sample as well as maintain solubility. And finally, how do you prevent low recovery? Well, I think, you know, when as we, we talk about what we've discussed today, it's really the overall strategy of today is thinking about all of these things that we've mentioned, all of the challenges, and really how do we prevent the loss or low recovery of peptides throughout the entire bioanalytical workflow. So it really starts with the appreciation of those key challenges and paying attention and looking out for those. So things like solubility of your peptide to avoid the loss of nonspecific binding, using a nice mix of organic aqueous solutions to help promote the solubility, things like formic acid, ammonium hydroxide, ensuring proper ionization of that peptide how we properly pretreat that sample to effectively disrupt protein binding prior to extraction, allowing us full recovery of the peptide from the biomatrices. Employing a mixed mode reverse phase solid phase extraction strategy, thinking about the format in a 96 well microelution format really help us to drive sensitivity through high analyte recovery, the ability to concentrate our sample, improving that detection limit, and lastly, really thinking about the proper sample collection vessels as well as we come to the final piece of really getting down to the LCMS analysis and using um, products that were specifically designed in this case here, you know, the use of a Quan recovery vial plate to take that highly purified sample and effectively and reliably um, be able to um, assay this um, for um, the peptide of interest. And I really, you know, the, the piece here for me or the take home is really this combined strategy and thinking this from end to end, a combined strategy with improved sample handling, 
ensuring all the steps of the bioanalytical workflow, including that nonspecific binding, and optimizing these strategies really significantly improve our assay performance. Well, thank you, Mary, for taking us through some of those key challenges and strategies for peptide extraction. Well, thank you, Nama. It was my pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity to discuss the water strategy for successful bioanalytical method development. And remember, you can find more resources on Quan Recovery on our website at www.bioanalysis-zone.com.